Last time on this podcast, 69% of the people who visit your website to purchase a ticket to your event are going to abandon their cart. If they're on a mobile device, you're pushing 80%. That's a really high number. Welcome to Upon Arrival, a show that uncovers stories and strategies that make up all the moving parts of business events tourism. I'm Adelaine Ung, and excuse my voice, I got hit hard by the flu, which also explains the publishing delay. But here it is, part two of my interview with Ashley Klein, a highly sought-after digital marketing consultant to events and entertainment companies. She's also VP and co-founder at Ice Cream Social and executive VP of client strategy at TicketSocket. If you missed part one, Ashley shared the nuts and bolts for why your events may not be converting as well as they used to and what you can do about it. In this second part of our interview, we're shifting gears slightly because I was fascinated by Ashley's own story. Working in the mad world of events, we all know how long the hours can be, especially if you're in the trenches on event days. Now, Ashley's role as a digital marketing strategist may be a little different hours-wise, but she's still no stranger to demanding project management timelines. Still, Ashley's been able to carve out for herself not only a thriving, in-demand business, she's managed to do it without sacrificing her family time or mental health. In other words, it seems she's been able to achieve the elusive work-life balance many of us are constantly striving for without feeling like we're shortchanging one thing for the other. Here's part two. You mentioned the word boundaries earlier on, and I, I guess this is where you know I'd like to shift a little bit into your entrepreneurial story. I mean, what's striking to me is that you've achieved expert status in the event industry, but you've still managed to have what a lot of women don't have or wouldn't say they would have, which is time freedom. And we even sometimes make friends with burnout. Mm-hmm. So tell us your entrepreneurial journey. I mean, how did you start out? What made you decide what kind of entrepreneur you wanted to be? What kind of life entrepreneurship could give you in this event space and not let that dominate your schedule? Yeah. Loaded question. Uh, Let's see. I knew always that I liked the flexibility of never going into an office. And I just learned that at a young age because I started out in sales and I loved getting out there, meeting people and going to meetings. And I loved the hustle initially. And I just fell in love with the idea of not having to go to an office and, you know, being able to work from home in my pajamas whenever needed. And once I had children, then immediately that was a big mind shift of, okay, how do I create a business that is always going to give me freedom? Freedom has always been my keyword. And I came to this by reading a book that I'll suggest. It's called The Desire Map. It's by a woman named Danielle Lepore out of Canada. And essentially, it's kind of a workbook and it takes you through this process. And at the end of it, you come out with these core desired feelings that you want to live your life as. And I do this every couple of years because we shift and change as people. But the one word that always remains the same is freedom. And freedom can be however you see it. And sometimes the definition changes for me, depending on the season of life. At one time, freedom meant 
financial freedom. You know, I was driven by the idea of just wanting to make money. But then, you know, you have children and your freedom also becomes this idea of time freedom because you want to be there with your family. Sometimes freedom also as an entrepreneur comes to me as uh, wanting to always be able to have the freedom to choose opportunity. If a new business idea comes my way, I always want the freedom to be able to pursue that a little bit to know, you know, where I want to go, the freedom to shift and change. And so I've created just a very fluid career lifestyle, essentially. And to your question about just managing it all, there's peaks and valleys. There are I learn because I've experienced burnout before. And I've just had to really focus on getting to know myself, making sure one, I carve out time for myself without family, the kids, getting everyone ready, taking care of anybody, just time for myself to read or meditate or go hiking or for a walk, whatever the case may be. Just that alone time to reflect makes me feel whole. And just learning how my body works because energy is a big deal. And so as much as I hate getting up early in the morning, if I get up, you know, 5 a.m. and sometimes I'll use that two hours before the kids get up as my quiet time. Some days if I know I've got a busy work season, I'll use those two hours to work and get things done. And that's when I feel most focused and, you know, just kind of understanding when my body needs breaks, you know, when can I go for a walk? When can I, and that can be a lot to figure out if you're new to working from home. I've always worked from home. So I've had many years to kind of experiment and play and and see what works, but you know, you just have to give yourself the grace to know that there's peaks and valleys and there's different seasons of life. You know, now my children are a little older, so it's a lot different than when they were babies and toddlers, you know. It's so interesting when you mentioned energy, because I regard myself as a night owl. So if you talk about 5am, that sounds to me like torture. (laughs) But at the same time, I thought, you know, I've been thinking, if only I was a a 5am person, I could get so much more done. So I'm starting to explore myself things like um, light therapy. Mm -hmm. And it's just this lamp that you can put inside your home, inside your home office. And that acts as daylight and gives you that power of daylight, wakes up your body and everything. And also just finding out that the blue light blockout glasses that I've been using all along, it doesn't actually do a very good job. (laughs) I never knew because if they worked properly, they would not look pretty at all. (laughs) They're like these red glasses but you actually start feeling tired towards the end of the day because you are not being stimulated by all that light from your computer. So I might think that I'm a night out, but maybe it's because of all the stimulating light that I've been getting, the non-natural light that I've been getting into the wee hours. And that might impact my morning ritual as well in, um, in not very good ways. So that's something that I'm discovering myself as well, light therapy. But I was wondering with you, you mentioned experience with burnout. What were you doing at that time? How did you get there? And then how did you transition into getting more control? Because um, a lot of people may recognize that they are experiencing burnout and then they'll you know, try to take a bit of time out, but they don't really know how to make a shift so that it doesn't happen again. 
for as long as you're going to stay in this industry. So can you tell us a bit about what that looked like for you? Yes, for me, it's a matter of planning. (laughs) And there's so many things that just come up and it's hard to get ahead. But as much as we can, always having a plan and working as far ahead on schedule as we can. So if we know that we need to start marketing an event by a certain date and our date that we can start marketing is still to be determined because we're still securing venue or whatever the case may be, let's at least have everything prepared and queued up and ready to go so that when we can turn it on, I mean, there's that inevitableness that you just can't get around when it comes to events. I would say the biggest shift for me that has allowed me to free up a lot of time is scaling my team and just getting everything that's out of my head and putting it into a process and just knowing that you can process a lot of things and you can trust people to take it on and uh, you don't have to do it all yourself. And that can be difficult because I work with a lot of events where you know, the director is wearing so many hats. They're doing the marketing, they're securing the talent, they're figuring out the food, and it is a lot. And I think just, you know, finding the right people to surround yourself with and and scale and get it all out of your head definitely brings some peace of mind. That is so good. I'm hearing from a lot of event planners, though, that there is so much last minute bookings right now that it is so difficult to plan and it is having an impact on mental health. So, what advice would you give for events professionals who are just feeling like, well, we don't even know where the next one's coming from and it could hit you from behind. There are events now that are being confirmed for the next week. So do you have any advice for managing that space when that happens? Yeah. I mean, a couple of things. One, just the old saying of, you know, put your life mask on first, uh, you know, carving out that time each day for yourself to get yourself grounded and prepared for whatever may come your way. Two, associating and finding, even if it's just online, other people in your shoes that you can talk to and just know, hey, you're not alone. Yes, I'm dealing with the same craziness and making time to talk to people, making time to take care of yourself. Sometimes you just can't get around all the craziness, but making sure yourself is grounded and rooted and ready to take on whatever comes your way, I think it's the best thing that you can do. What do you say no to? I mean, we talked about having boundaries and you want to protect that family time and that freedom that you so prize. What do you say no to? Sure. So, I mean, for me, from a marketing perspective, what I've had to learn time and time again, the one thing that I absolutely say no to now is if someone comes to me in a rush, does not leave me enough time to do the proper marketing that I know we need to do to be successful. If someone does not give me that timeline, I do not work with them or two. And sometimes I say yes, if I think I can help, but a lot of times people will come to me and they need saving. Their event's not marketing well. If I can jump in and help, I can. But absolutely, if someone comes to me a week before the event, I just, I can't help you. But next year, no, I need X amount of days before you go on sale and I can help you. So I think just learning to set boundaries there and know that I can't 
can't work magic if I'm not set up to win. Yeah. And you do need to protect that time in order to show up and serve your other clients well. So I, I understand that. It's just, yeah, sometimes it just takes courage to say, no, Ashley, can I ask what are your favorite productivity tools? Are you using chat GPT? And, you know, it's like everyone's talking about chat yeah. GPT and how it's going to change the world. Yeah. We'll see. I haven't delved into too much chat yet. I've, you know, been learning, but haven't utilized anything yet. In terms of efficiency, from a project management standpoint, my team uses Asana on the marketing side. Our dev team uses something different, um, but I love Asana. Some of my clients, I'll kind of plug into whatever they're using because uh, sometimes I'll come into these bigger teams, but I love Asana. There's also Monday and Trello. So we use those for project management. Slack, love Slack so I can easily chat with our team. From a marketing perspective, my favorite email CRM tool is Active Campaign. For SMS, I love Attentive. So those are some of my two favorite tools that whenever possible, I make sure my clients are using because I know that we can do some really neat things from a marketing standpoint with those two tools. If there was one problem you could solve in your business, what would that be? I would say just, you know, scaling. I'd love to have more me's and, you know, a larger team and, you know, be able to help as many people as possible. So it sounds like scaling is an ongoing journey as well. I mean, you did mention that that is one of the the things that has enabled you to have the life that you have right now. But um, that in itself is not a set and forget. It's it's something that is, well, because it has people in it, it's, it's always going to need to evolve and grow in a, in a most optimal way. Yes. That's interesting. What would you say, like if people asked you for, I mean, you gave us a great tip for a, a book, The Desire Map, but if there mm-hmm. were other resources or books that you think would help people in this industry with digital marketing and with finding out how they can be the best entrepreneur they can be in this space, what would you recommend? So in terms of digital marketing, I love a website called digitalmarketer.com. Lots of great education. Um, but honestly, I also learn a lot from the tools that I use. Um, so for example, Active Campaign or Attentive, most of them have so much education that they can provide to you of, you know, how to master those different, you know, tactical pieces of marketing. And it's all free. So I think, you know, looking at the tools that you're using and what kind of education that they offer is a great place to get started. I love looking at other events to see what they're doing, to see where I can get inspired. And then, as I mentioned, a big thing for me is just leaving space for, because for a long time, I told myself, well, I can't read it if it's not a business book or a marketing book, or I'm just not going to watch TV. But I've learned that allowing time for play and reading books for fun and, you know, watching TV for fun has brought a lot of just creativity back. And so, yeah, you know, just think about what you like. If you like to read thriller books, let yourself read a thriller book. You never know where inspiration can come from. Yeah. And for me, sometimes the best idea just comes in the shower 
It's Absolutely. really inconvenient because you don't have a notebook with you. Yes, I know. I usually keep my phone right outside the shower because ideas strike for me too. And I'm like, oh, I need to write that down real quick. <laughs> but I have heard that there is a waterproof notebook that you can have that you can actually stick in the shower. Um, yeah. I, have, I have to go. Um, that's been on my, my shopping list for a little while. So I'm going to have to... I uh, get that one for myself, you know, way before next Christmas arrives. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ashley, I, I, I've loved chatting with you. Do you have any final thoughts or any final nuggets? Or um, if there was one thing you wish that the event industry knew about digital marketing or some secret sauce, you know, is there anything you'd like to share? Secret sauce, man, I don't know. That's a big question. I would say... If you're not doing SMS, you need to be doing SMS uh, marketing for sure. And if you're not leveraging automation marketing, you need to do automation marketing. And that's kind of what we talked about with, you know, abandoned carts or post-purchase upsells. Automating a lot of that marketing has gotten so smart over the years where you can now market to people and make it feel like a one-to-one experience. Like the message they're getting was written just for them. And that really helps in conversions. And you've seen that over and over again. So somebody's done this, it's proven, it, and it's there for you. So Absolutely. Ashley, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I've learned so, so much. So I really appreciate uh, everything that you've shared. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. I do appreciate it. Do check out the show notes where I've put links to the resources and tools Ashley mentioned, as well as ways you can reach Ashley directly or find out more about her work. Also, if you found value in today's show, please click the follow button if you'd like to be notified when a new episode drops. By the way, have you ever considered launching your own podcast with a strategy to land in Apple's top 200 charts in the very first week? If so, feel free to send me an email at uponarrivalpodcast at gmail.com and we'll explore how we can make that happen. Catch you next week. I have another great interview to uncover more stories and strategies for a successful future. Till then, cheers. Cheers.